Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. The Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee's recent recommendation that children under two years avoid all added sugar to ensure that they can consume the nutrients they need without excessive caloric intake may not go far enough to drive significant change in children's diets and taste preferences as they age. According to the CEO of the emerging brand Square Baby, there is not an added sugar problem in the baby food industry, but there is a problem with too much sugar, most of which comes from fruit and therefore does not count as added sugar for labeling purposes on the Nutrition Facts panel. Katie Thompson, who co-founded Square Baby two years ago and is a registered dietitian, shares in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast what she believes is a better approach for regulating and reducing sugar in infant and baby food. She also shares how Square Baby is helping to instill in children a lifelong love of vegetables and nutrient-rich foods, including and beyond fruit, through its unique approach to product formulation and by joining the Partnership for a Healthier America's Shaping Early Palates Initiative. Thompson explains her quest to reduce the amount of sugar and improve the overall nutritional profile of products in the baby food aisle began as a dream 12 years ago when she couldn't find baby food options for her first child that met her standards. Most of the meals were really unbalanced. I thought there were starting to become new options that I was excited to see some organic options um, on the market, but really fruit-heavy Um, lacking in premium proteins. And really at the end of the day, I found myself wondering, how do I know that he's gotten what he needs each day? How how many jars and pouches does he need? Um, And, you know, am I really giving him what I think I'm giving him? And so I started to really dig into what was in each baby food uh, meal and container and and started to do research on really what infants need at each stage of development, kind of with that um, kind of consumer solution hat on. And a fire just started in me. And I thought, you know, there needs to be better solutions for parents. There needs to be um, more transparency, less misleading marketing. And I knew I could do a better job. And so I left that job at Starbucks that I call my dream job um, and set out to create a solution. And so what I did was a did a bunch of, bunch of research on those um, milestones of what infants need at each stage of development, and then developed a meal system that ladders up to 100% daily nutrition. So again, kind of taking my pain point of sitting in the aisle with all this anxiety at the grocery aisle, wondering, does he need one container a day? Does he need three a day? And why do I feel like I need to combine this meal that has fruit and grains with this meal that has vegetables with this meal that has protein? Why is there not just a one-stop solution for parents? So taking it that one step further and saying, we're going to create a solution for parents that offers 100% of their daily nutritional needs. Um, I knew that was a lot to bite off. And I knew, especially from a regulatory perspective, I knew exactly what that meant to make that claim and to be able to back that up and have the science and the research behind it. But I was determined that if I was going to do this, I was going to do it right and try to solve for every um, pain point that I had when feeding my kiddo. So um, the square meal system was developed to offer 100% of a baby's daily recommended veggies, fruits, grains, and protein. 
Ten years ago, after dreaming up Square Meal System, and two years ago, Thompson launched the Square Baby into the competitive category that she acknowledges has become a long way since her son was an infant. But she says the segment still has a long way to go, as many products and brands continue to rely heavily on fruit to make them more appealing. Um, I am so encouraged to see that organic has pretty much become the standard. Um, It's no longer difficult to find an organic option for your baby. That's amazing. I love that. I love to see so many more fresh options on the market, be it in the aisle or um, direct-to-consumer. But what's been amazing to me is, as I had hoped that we would evolve um, towards, you know, our most healthiest options, I've continued to see really, really fruit-heavy purees. Um, I've continued to see some disappointing, misleading marketing that kind of makes parents feel as though we're offering you this veggie-forward meal or this, you know, really balanced meal, but um, in reality, they're amongst their highest sugar offerings. Um, So from a competitive standpoint, there is so much to applaud and there's also so much opportunity still. And I think it's a testament to why our retention numbers have been so good and our customers have been so happy is that we're truly providing a different solution and a one-stop solution for parents who are looking for, you know, a transparent science-based company um, that is, you know, at every turn and every decision point making, you know, what we feel is the very best decision for our families. You know, not, um, you know, cost is not our number one driving factor. Um, Certainly nutrition and quality is. Thompson also laments that the baby food segment is filled with marketing that she says misleads consumers to think that they're buying products that are veggie forward or high in healthy fats, but which actually lead with fruit purees. I understand from a marketing perspective why companies drive towards certain words and highlighting veggie or highlighting avocado. But if you don't deliver, then you're really doing a disservice to your customer. And I think that's what's hard for me is I've I've always gone into all of my own purchasing um, choices with, you know, as a registered dietitian and with this background in the food industry. But I, what my concern is, is for those other parents who either, you know, don't have that education, which I don't think it takes a master's in nutrition to understand, you know, grams of sugar and, and, and the impact of that. But, um, but just that, you know, parents are, are so overwhelmed. There's so much information out there. They're making quick, you know, decisions really quickly, especially if they're in a grocery aisle and they've got a baby crying in the cart. You know, you are just grabbing products, hoping that you've done your best. You don't have time to sit there and do all this research. So I feel, um, I guess there's a heightened awareness around the misleading marketing that, um, that certainly bothers me and is a reason why we when we're developing our recipes and the square meal system and our branding even, that we are very, very transparent in what 100% daily nutrition means, what a balanced square meal means, what ingredients, you know, are are in each of the um, products, and we will never market them as anything other than what, what they are. Within this framework, Thompson says that the baby food aisle has a massive sugar problem. But she worries that the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee's recent recommendation to limit all added sugar for children under two years doesn't adequately address it. As far as sugar goes, certainly we do not have a problem in the baby food industry. So 
thinking infant purees and pouches and things that you think of as typical baby food, there's not an added sugar problem there. In fact, I don't think I've ever come across a product where they've added straight sugar or um, hypergose corn syrup to a baby food. Um, there certainly are a lot of instances where concentrated fruit juice is added for that very reason of being a sweetener. But really, my main rub is that there, there is so much fruit, and while fruit is such a healthy ingredient and has so much, especially whole fruit, um, have so much nutritional value, the problem is, is that if we are guiding our little early palates to start to crave sweets more and more, we kind of created this being that, you know, this little, <laughs> this little sugar monster um, that is really, really difficult to, um, to turn around, right? So, again, kind of thinking about it might be really easy to get your baby to eat this puree that has a bunch of applesauce or is, you know, super fruit heavy. And, and you know, as a mom, trust me, like you want these wins. You just want your baby to eat. It's so frustrating when they turn their head and when it takes 15 tries for them to like an avocado, you know, but they will do it. And it's much harder down the road at ages two, three, four um, to turn around this um, propensity for sweetness. So that's kind of where my um, concern lies. It's in the super fruit heavy meals and especially when those things are misleadingly marketed. So it's one thing to give your baby an applesauce and know I'm giving my baby an applesauce. And it's another thing to give your baby something that you thought was very veggie heavy or even healthy fat heavy. And then realizing that it was mostly fruit with a sprinkling of those other foods. I would like to see some kind of recommendations around total sugar intake. Um, While I don't want to I, there's never a world in which I want fruit to be demonized. Um, I was just telling my son who took down a chicken wing, that <laughs> a, a, a chicken drumstick for lunch. I said, you know, what fruits and vegetables did you have? You know, go back and eat your, eat your strawberries and your carrots. Um, you know, fruit is such an incredible part of an enjoyable part of a diet and it needs to stay that way. But I am interested and and would love to challenge the committee to think about for baby food specifically how much you know sugar should a you know a baby take in even through natural sources beyond that she would like to see the much needed dietary guidelines for children younger than 2 years made more accessible for mainstream americans i'm so glad that the dietary guidelines has included birth of 24 months um, as even a, you know, a, a, a focus for the first time, um, because this is such a critical window of nutrition. And it's a time in which parents are making some really important decisions to kind of set their kids on the, on the right track and to help develop healthy habits. Um, and with recommendations being all over the board from whether or not you see it from, you know, reputable source or some blog, right, um, information is sometimes weighted the same from different, you know, different sources, unfortunately. And so I think the biggest challenge for the committee will be um, to really communicate their recommendations in a way that is um, easy to understand, easy to execute as a parent. You know, no parent's going to go back, um, again, with the with the uh, square meal system, what I found was that all of these recommendations were, you know, your baby needs 
two to four tablespoons of that per day and four to six tablespoons of this per day. And, and no baby food company was saying, hey, here, here you go. Here's two to four tablespoons of this, that, and the other thing. Um, you had to take this mathematical equation and then apply it to your own food. And even if you're making food at home, who's going to weigh out all these different, you know, ingredients to make sure that you've gotten what you need. So, again, that was just sort of a, um, a very well-intentioned resource and document and, and guidance that was put out. But if it's not in a format that is easy to execute for a parent, then, you know, we might just all throw our hands up and say, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to do my best and, you know, buy whatever's on the market, right? So, anyway, that the... Um, the culmination of all the information and the dissemination of it is such uh, a key factor. To help address what Thompson sees as a persistent problem in the baby food aisle and with nutrition communication, she joined the Partnership for a Healthier America's Shaping Early Palates Initiative, which brings together early childhood educators, baby food makers, and other stakeholders to disrupt the marketplace and train young children to accept and enjoy the savory and bitter flavors of vegetables. I joined in on this um, great Zoom call with um, all the participants, oh gosh, a month or two ago. And um, what I loved was seeing truly all the collaboration and shared passion in the room. There were other baby food companies. There were um, academics. There's um, pediatricians and health professionals, um, all with the same goal of, of creating a movement of using our collective power to truly make change. Um, and we've never seen this as like a marketing tactic, as something that we've wanted to do, even though, you know, to talk about, of course, we're proud of it. And, um, but we see this more as a way to challenge the industry, to raise the gold standard, um, and to help in that, um, fight to provide educational resources to, um, customers and to, you know, all parents. So not just our target customer, but we're thinking about, you know, all parents throughout the, the U.S., about various socioeconomic um, uh, statu- um, places and, and making sure that any recommendation that we put forward has all parents in mind. Um, so it's just been, it's been a great, great start. Um, so far, the focus definitely is on, you know, with shaping early palates, it's on um, veggies, um, knowing that, you know, it's really not hard to get fruit into your, into your baby, given the options on the market. And what we've seen is this, you know, shared, um, you know, group and this shared mentality that it's much harder to get, um, vegetables into our children than, than fruits and, um, and grains. So, um, if we can collectively come together and find ways, whether it be through, you know, encouraging, um, companies to reformulate, to have um, veggies, you know, more prominently in their menu um, or developing resources. Uh, we see this as a, as a really great way to um, decrease the amount of, you know, uh, fruit in, in many of the options just by way of increasing the vegetables, as well as to really help with that palate development. So, again, thinking back at how... Um, excess sugar, even from natural fruit sugars, can guide their palate to, you know, to crave sweets. How can we instead flip that over and say, you know, we really are passionate about helping guide their palates to enjoy a savory food or something that's bitter or, you know, broccoli and avocado and 
you know, green leafies and all these things that when your, you know, baby becomes a toddler are much harder to get them to, to try. So this is um, a, a big initiative um, and shared passion for the team. Thompson says that the committee is still identifying how best to focus its collective resources to maximize the initiative's impact, but that the long-term potential for the initiative is endless. In the beginning, the first you know couple meetings were just all about taking everyone's ideas of what we're going to focus on and deciding on something to focus on because you can't you can't cover all the things. You know, the key of communication is you know to pick a few key points and have them all kind of ladder up. You can't cover all of the topics, but if we can cover our first topic really well and you know kind of gain gain trust and gain momentum, I think that's a really great start. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I will say you know th- there won't be any issue in us you know, kind of putting down our competitive, you know, hats or whatever. Um, I think that we all recognize that we're in the room for the same reason. And we've all started our companies for the same reason. These are, you know, other um, entrepreneurs of startups and, and people who have taken their passion, their blood, sweat, and tears to go out and create a better solution. So it's so nice also to be in a room with, you know, a, a virtual room, <laughs> hopefully someday a real room, um, but to really collaborate with those that are, you know, marching forward with the same goals. Joining PHA's initiative is not the only way that Square Baby is helping to improve the next generation's nutrition. It also raises money to donate to Feeding America through its Good Feeds platform, which donates 10 meals for every social media post shared with the company's handle, at Square Baby Food, and the hashtag GoodFeeds. The company hopes to increase its impact through its campaign as it continues to expand its distribution, which Thompson says is currently limited to eight states on the West Coast, but which she hopes to expand nationally by the first quarter of 2021. From there, she said she hopes to expand the brand beyond infant purees, all of which will be possible thanks in part to a recent closure of the brand's seed round. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.